Father, we see you this morning as we gather at your feet that you may teach us again. Oh, precious Father, we see you. We see all that you are doing. We see all the blessings that you have blessed us with. Oh, we are blessed of the Lord. And we thank you this morning, Lord, that you are blessing us again. Open our eyes to see you more, Father. Oh, Papa, open our ears to hear your word by your Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our midst, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. We acknowledge your sweet presence, great teacher. Guide us again into all truth. We pray for revelation. We pray for deeper understanding. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout it out, amen. Amen. Put those hands together. Oh, I didn't just say put it together. Put it with excitement. Glory be to God. You may please be seated. Tell your neighbor, I celebrate your grace this morning. Expect something great. Tell your neighbor, expect something great. God is touching your life. Wow. It's a few days. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. So now I really want everybody to get your notes ready. Those of you who are joining online, I welcome you. Can you put your hand together for our online audiences? God bless you. We know you're there. Um, I want to encourage you to stay glued, put away distractions, and get your notes and your writing materials. Because God is blessing you richly today. Amen. All right. This morning, I want to share on the subject, managing your finances God's way. Managing your finances God's way. Are you? Now, when you hear the word manage... In, it has different meaning, but the synonym for the word manage, to manage means to handle, to handle, to govern. So when I'm talking about managing your finances God's way, I'm talking about handling your finances God's way. To govern, governing your finances. How do you govern your finances? To rule, to manage means to rule, to rule over, to rule over, ruling over your finances. To manage means to administer, to administer, administration. So to administer something, to apportion it, to control it. It means to control. Another word for manager is to master. Mastering your finances. Instead of being a slave of your finance, you must be able to master your finance God's way. It means to preside over. To preside over. So manage here means to also to preside over. You have to preside over your finances. 
It means to organize. To organize. Organizing your finances. You know the word? Your finance can be disorganized. The life is so disorganized. But if you want to see increase, if you want to see prosperity, you must learn to organize. Have you entered a place that is not organized? You will see that everything is done anyhow. This one gets up at will. This one sits down. This one happens. And where there is no organization, there is no progress. Because organization birth progress. If your car system is not organized, so when you start the car, the, the radiator says, no, I'm not going to circulate water now. I'm so tired. The alternator says, I'm not going to charge the battery. The car can last. The car can move. So it means there is a system in your car that everything is doing what it ought to do. Even when you put on your air condition, you will see that there's a power that is increased because it sends, uh, uh, it, there's a relay that sends a signal to, to the brain box that we need more power because we want to cool. The cooling system is on. So the same thing, if you do not know how to manage your finances, you cannot prosper. If you do not know how to organize, put a system around your finances, you cannot prosper. So people are poor not because they don't, they don't have money or they have not, money does not pass through their hand, but most people are poor because they lack financial management. They don't know how to organize their finances. There is no system governing their finances. Amen. Is somebody with me? Now that you, we are talking about managing God, your finances God's way. The first thing I would like you to know this morning is that God wants you to prosper. It's God's will for you to prosper financially. Your prosperity is God's agenda. Say with me, my prosperity is God's agenda. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects, in all respects, in all aspects, you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. All right? Even as your soul does what? Prospers. In every aspect. So financially, your health, your career, God wants you to prosper. Say to your neighbor, God wants me to prosper. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Look at what it says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sake. He became poor so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. <laughs> so that by his poverty, he could what? Make you rich. So when Jesus went on that cross, one of the things he saw for us was poverty problem. A child of God ought not to be poor. said, that cross is not just for the salvation of souls. He said, when John the Baptist came and said, are you the Messiah? 
He was asking for a proof. But Jesus gave him an evidence. There's a difference between evidence and a proof. Jesus, you know, John the Baptist said, are you the Messiah? Prove to me. Then he said, you know, I'm going to present evidence. You know, evidence is what produces proof. Said, and he, he said, go and tell them the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, right? The dumb are speaking, the deaf are hearing, lepers are being healed. Then he said, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Said the poor also have the gospel preached to them. In other words, this gospel of Jesus is also a prosperity gospel. That we, through his poverty, he has made us rich. Say to yourself, I am never poor. I can never be poor. I am rich. So even if you don't want to be rich, it's too late. God wants you rich. Tell your neighbor, it's too late not to be rich. Oh, say it boldly. Say, it's too late not to be rich. No, I'm not saying say it to yourself. I said, tell your neighbor that it is too late not to be rich. And those of you who are joining online, you can type it. Say, too late not to be rich. Glory be to God. The second thing I want you to know is this. We are God's covenant people. We are a special people. We are special. We are God's covenant people. Exodus chapter 19 verse 3. I would like to read from the Good News Translation. You can bring NLT if you have it. But Good News Translation. Just listen. Listen. And Moses went. Exodus 19 verse 3. And Moses went up to the mountain to meet with God. The Lord called him to the mountain and told him to say to the Israelite. Jacob's descendant. Now look at what God said to Moses to tell them. Say. You saw what I, the Lord, did to the Egyptians. And how I carried you as an eagle carries a young on her wings and brought you here to me. Verse 5. Now, if you will obey me and keep my commandment or covenant, you will be my own people. You will be my own people. Now, LST says, Now, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall, you shall, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. Now, Good News Translation says, Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own people. The whole earth is mine, but you will be my chosen people. You will be my chosen people. Verse 6. A people dedicated to me alone, you will serve me as priests. You will serve me as priests. So you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Now, do you know that Peter in the New Testament quoted the scripture again and that after Jesus died, this scripture was fulfilled for you and I. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Amplified Bible please. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Look at what it says. But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A dedicated nation. God's own purchased. Special people. 
that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtue and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Verse 10. Once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Oh, say with me, I'm God's people. Once you were, once you were un, unpitied, but now you are pitied and have received mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say with me, I am special unto God. Say with me, I am special unto God. John chapter 17, verse 14 to 16. Look at what Jesus said. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. They are not, give me NLT please, they are not of the world, even as I am not of this world. Jesus said, you are not of this world. Even as I am not of this world. Amen. John 17 verse 16 is what I just read. Media team, I will need whoever is there to be very alert to display in the scripture. So Jesus said, they are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world. What is he saying? Even though you are in this world, your life, you're, you are of another kingdom. You belong to the kingdom of God. So the way you do things should not be in the way of the world. We have a system. We have a government system. The rule of heaven is what we submit to. So the way we do things, our lifestyle, Jesus said, our way of doing things, the operations, the principles we follow, is not the principle of this world. Say with me, I am not of this world. Say with me, I am not of this world. So it's, Jesus said, they are not of this world. So I don't do things the way the world do them. This is where when it comes to our life, people laugh at what we do. The world does not need to celebrate what we do because you see, they have their own way of doing things. And in this kingdom, we also have our way of doing things. We do things according to God's word. We follow the principles of the word of God. We are children of God. We do things the way God wants us to do them. Is somebody with me? So, Point number three is that why is it that a lot of children of God are not prosperous? Why is it that, you know, people say, I am a child of God, but they are not actually seeing real financial prosperity in their life. Remember what I said last Sunday, that it's possible to be a Christian but be poor. Because Lazarus was serving God, but yet he was poor. You remember 2 Kings chapter 4, even a prophet of God who was seeing vision, he died in poverty. He died in poverty. He was not rich. The reason is that most children of God do not manage their finances according to the principles of the word of God. So you see, they manage their spiritual life, their prayer life, every other aspect. But when it comes to their finances, it's totally another. They follow the principles of this world. So you are a child of God. The way you manage your money, you are following the principles of the kingdom of this world. You see, that is not what is going to make you prosper. For you to really see true prosperity, you must follow the principle of the word of God. That is what will make you prosper. So Lazarus 
was serving God. He died and went to heaven. But in this world, Lazarus' financial system was not of the kingdom of God. So even though he was serving God, he was still begging for bread. He was, he was still sick. Even the dog became the doctors of Lazarus. The Bible said that dogs were the one licking his wound. That is not the will of God. You will not be a Lazarus in terms of financial prosperity. Lazarus did not understand the ways of God. So you have to know that for you to see true prosperity, all right, you have to follow. See your true prosperity. That was why, that was what Elisha knew when he said to that woman, what do you have in your house? The woman said, I only have this small oil. And said, it doesn't matter how much you are earning. It doesn't matter how little the oil is. If you will follow the principle of the word of God, you will be prosperous. You will be rich. So you saw that the same oil that has been there for so long, the same oil that was dead and the man died in death was the same oil that the power of the Lord breathed upon and solved all the financial problem in that house. That means that man could have been prosperous even with that oil in his hand. You see, with this job you have, you can prosper. With this current career you have, you can prosper. With this salary you are earning, you can prosper. It has nothing to do with how much, but how well you apply the principles of the word of God. How well you apply, you put the application of the word of God to bear in your life. Say with me, I'm going to prosper. So financial management also is your responsibility. So God will not decide to come and manage your finances for you. So that's why you see that even though Lazarus was serving God, he was very godly. He still died poor because financial management is your personal responsibility. It's not God's responsibility to manage your finances for you. Managing your finance is what? Your personal responsibility. Say with me, managing my finance is my responsibility. Say managing my finance is my responsibility. So you could see that God did not manage Lazarus' financial prosperity for him. It was his responsibility. Because there are principles in the word of God. It won't force you to, to take such decision. Amen. The next point I want to ask you is that why does God want you to prosper? Let's ask ourselves. Why does God want you to prosper? So does he want you to prosper so that you can build houses in every part of the world? 
so that you can have more cars, you can oppress your neighbor, so that everybody can see you have arrived? Why does God want you to prosper? Well, the reason is that because God's agenda is a global agenda. You see, you must understand that kingdom prosperity is for the advancement of the kingdom of God. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to have a car. But you see, that is not the final thing. Because when you have a car, and is that the ultimate thing? No. God wants us. There are gay movements, homosexual movements, who give thousands of dollars to any school that will just adopt their curriculum to teach same-sex marriage. And they are also giving them in Nigeria. That's why you began a year of um, sexual education, sexual education, that the moment that you say that you want to teach sexual education and you insert homosexualism into your curriculum, when you apply for that fund, they will give it to you. They will sponsor your school. They, because they are using their prosperity to what? Advance the agenda of the kingdom of darkness. So the same thing. Look at what the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. Cry yet saying, thus said the Lord of hosts, my cities through prosperity shall spread abroad. My cities, through prosperity, the gospel of Jesus, through prosperity, shall what? Spread abroad. So God wants every of his children to prosper so that they can spread his good news. So that they can spread the kingdom of God. You see, so when you are a child of God, I say, my father, my God, I want you to prosper me. And you are obeying those financial principles. Your aim is that I'm going to be prosperous so that I can spread the gospel. So that I can, I can make Jesus popular. So that the, I can establish the kingdom of God in the hearts of men. This is why God wants you to prosper. So in the world, they want to prosper so that they can have more cars. Yes, God wants you to drive the best cars. But you see, when you are driving the best car, you park your car, you know, by the side of the road, as people are admiring your car, you say, you want to get this car? Let me tell you about my God that is providing for me. The rest of the people, they are using their car to oppress, to, to womanize, but you, you are using your car to spread the gospel. You put the speaker on in your car. You give people lift. You know, that's what I like to do sometimes in my, you know, I just give people lift. Then I will play a message. Increase the message. Because for that time, they are in my car, right? 
they are my that car turns to a church and i'm preaching to them to the message and some of them will say please sir who is that preacher i will tell them the preacher sir which church are you going and by the time they are dropping from my car i begin to give them tracks i give them tracks because why my cities to prosperity shall what spread abroad so they are there enjoying air conditioning in my car listening to gospel music but you see somebody else will also give people lift in their car and the next thing is that he wants to sleep with them he wants to kidnap them he wants to do ritual he wants to he wants to he wants to turn them to another thing but you god wants to give you a car so that through your even your car becomes another place for winning souls so now that you, are, you know the purpose of a car, you know for you, even a good car is a tool for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Not to go and show up in your village so that they will know that you have arrived. <laughs> Amen. All right. But no, we use it to advance. No car should be big enough that you cannot use it to further the kingdom of God. Praise God. Now, so let's go to how then do we manage our finances God's way? What are the principles that God has set for us in his word so that you can prosper financially? Now, this is very important as the year is running to an end. And as you are entering into the new year, I want you to make up your mind. You've tried other formula. Try this one. Make it a principle that this is how I will manage my finances. Because it's in God's agenda. This is what God has laid out in his word. Is somebody with me? So the first principle in managing our finances God's way is that give what belongs to God to God. Principle number one is that give what belongs to God to who? To God. Jesus said in Mark chapter 12 verse 15 when they brought um, the coin to him and the uh, in verse 17, Jesus said, Mark 12, 17, and Jesus answered unto them, said, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are what God's. He brought out money. I said, there are two sides of this money. Who do you have there? said, the image of Caesar. said, out of this money, there is something that belongs to Caesar, and there is something that belongs to God. So in your finances, God has a stake there. In your prosperity, there is God's portion in every prosperity that a child of God enjoys. Everything you have, God has a part in it. Look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandment and his judgment and his status, which I commanded this day, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, when you are prosperous, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy hearts and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and thou hast, and thou hast is, and all that thou hast is multiplied, and thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great terrible wilderness wherein we have ferried serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water who brought thee forth who brought forth water out of the rock of flint verse 16 who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee that he might prove thee 
to do thee good at thy lighter hand. Verse 17, and thy say in thy heart, and you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand had gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy father. That is this day. Amen. Do you understand what the Lord is saying here? He's saying that you see, as you keep growing up in life, you are working now. Things are working for you. You've got a job. You can easily say, hey, it is my certificate. Oh, I'm the one that went for the interview. It is my strength. The Lord said, is the foundation of prosperity in your life. If he had not given you breath, would you have been able to walk? If the Lord had not given you, are using the hands that God provided for you. You are using the leg that God provided for you. The, everything you have, your eyes, your mouth, everything you are using to make that money is God that gave it to you. So he said, don't forget and don't say, oh, it is me. No, you did not create yourself. God created you. So you are using the resources of God to make money. God has a stake in everything you have. So, but now you have said to yourself, do you know when you say that? When you see that everything you have, you say that there is nothing to give to God. There is nothing to honor God with. So you say to yourself that it is my might and my strength. Anytime you don't give to God what belongs to God, what you are doing that you are taking credit for who you are. You are saying, no, everything I, is by my strength. Are you with me, somebody? So God must have, you must make God a priority. Let me say this. Whenever God, whatever has priority over God is your God. Whatever has priority over God is what? Your God. I will say it another way. Whatever you cannot give off of God is your God. Whatever you cannot, when you, can, you know, the Lord said to Abraham, give me your son, your only son whom you love. In other words, I want to see whether you are worshipping this son or me. And Abraham said, no, Lord, you remain my God. And he gave it up. Whatever you cannot give up for God is what? Your God. Whatever you own that you cannot give to God owns you. You don't own it. Whatever you own that you cannot give up for God or you cannot give to God, that thing owns you. You don't own it. So some people, money owns them. They don't own money. Money is the one that owns them. Because, you see, they don't give at all to God. You see, there are principles in the world for financial prosperity. There are books you read. But go and check. When you pick up a book that teaches financial prosperity that is written by a worldly person, you will see that it will teach everything, but the only thing that will be missing there is the God factor. That is when you know that this is a worldly principle. The world wants you to do to prosper, but don't acknowledge God within your prosperity. So they will write sound financial principle, but they will never add anything about God there. So when you, as a child of God, you are running your finances minus God. There is no God in your finances. There is nothing that honors God in your finances. You are not a child of God anymore. You belong to the worldly system. You, your system is the world system. Praise God. Now, there are 
Three major offerings that you must offer to God when it comes to your finances. Give to God what belongs to God. There are three major offerings that belongs to God in your finances. Number one is your tithe. Is your tithe. You know, when we teach on this subject, people in the world don't like this. Oh, they need our money. No. In the system of the kingdom of God, that we run our, manage our finances according to the principle of the word. And the first thing is your tithe. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, look at what it says. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30. Look at what the Lord says there. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, and of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is only unto the Lord. Now, you see, when God was tell, giving, telling them this, it was God did not tell them to pay tithe when they were in Egypt. But when God brought them out of Egypt, as he was going to make them a nation, he began to say to them, as you become, you should, as you enter into your own country, you see, don't behave like the Egyptians. Egyptians don't pay tithe. They have another economic system. The other people in the world don't pay tithe to God. Say, but because you are my own people, you are special unto me. I am your source. You must give me tithe. This is why the world always makes mockery of tithes. See, don't expect that the world will celebrate tithes. Because you see, it is tithing is not the system of the world. It's the system of the kingdom of God. It's a financial management system of the kingdom of God. Because we are a special people that belongs to God. Is somebody with me? There is not going to be a day that the world will celebrate tithing. But don't you realize that they, they also have their own system. The government of this world have their system. They say, give your tax, right? Give your tax. And they arrest you if you don't even give your tax. They do what we call self-assessment and all those things. But that is the kingdom of this world. But you see, in the kingdom of God, we give our tithe. What is tithe? You see, tithe is 10% of your income. The 10% of your income. And what happens when you give your tithe? Leviticus 27 30 says, when you give your tithe, your tithe is holy. So the moment you are not tithing, what it simply means is that you are eating that which is holy. You are eating the holy, and that is what the devil wants for you. You are eating holy, you are desecrating that which is holy. See, when you tithe, that which you have tithed, you have circumcised it unto God. You know, circumcision. Is a covenant thing that belongs to the children of God. No, do you know that not everybody, not everywhere in the world, they don't circumcise, not everywhere in the world. But circumcision is a thing of the kingdom. So you, when you say, this is my tithes, what are you doing? You are circumcising that, that money. Say, this one is only unto the Lord. And he said, prove me if I will not open the windows of heaven. Over you. You know the word? There is a special blessing. That will begin to come on you. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You will not perish with what is causing others to perish. 
Why? Because God is fighting your battle for you. Amen. You know, somebody will say the other day, should I, well, because they will read someone, somewhere like Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 12. Say, you know, why should I bring my tithe to the church? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 12, the Bible said that you should bring your tithe uh, in the year of the tithe and go and give it to the, to the, to uh, give your tithe to the, to the widow, give your tithe to the poor, give your tithe to the orphan. No, if you check, when you read that Deuteronomy 26, verse 12, you know, the Bible actually was saying, is that this year, it was giving direction that when they give tithe, they said they should remember the widow. But who are the people that give to the widow? If you go and check, they are the priests. It is the priests and the Levites that administer the resources, even in the year of tithe, to the widows. To the, to the orphanage, to the less privileged. So there is no way God says, go and take it directly and take distribute it yourself. No, you bring it to the house of God. You bring it to the house of God. It's called a storehouse for all nations. So you are a child of God. When, you, when the money gets to your hand, you circumcise it. Say, no, I am separating unto God that which is holy. I will not eat. It is a, what you are doing is you are managing your finances according to the principle of the word of God. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. The next principle that we will follow to manage your finance is the principle of first fruit offering. First fruit offering. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase, so shall thy bands be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. What is first fruit? First fruit is the first of what you receive, which you then give to the Lord. The first of what you receive of a particular type. Then you say, this is the first time I'm receiving this. They say, no, this one belongs to God. God said to them, when you enter into that land, the first of your child, the first of your crop, the first of everything that you do, your first harvest belongs to me. Then you will ask a question. If I give my first, in this church for instance now, we give our first income of the year to the Lord. All will give to the Lord. But the question you have is, how will I survive? If I give all my first fruits to the Lord, what will I do? How will I survive? That is where you lay the foundation of faith. Because it takes faith to know that you are not, it is God that gives you power to get well. Do you know what you do when you say first fruit? You are saying to the Lord, I'm not surviving by my strength. I'm going to survive by the help of God. By the provision of God. So, first fruit is an exercise of faith. Now, what does first fruit mean? Anything you expect to always have more of it. When you receive such thing, you give it the first fruit to the Lord. Whatever you want to always have more of. I put it here. I say anything which you always want to have a supply of. When you get the first of it, give it to God. Whatever you always want to have. Whatever you don't want to lack. Whatever you want to always say, I want more of it. When you get the first time you get the first of it, you will give it to God. I remember as a young boy, I always remember that the first time I received the first, the 15 naira brand new note, when it came out, I did not spend it. 
I went to go and change it. And I gave my first 15 naira to the Lord. And I said, I will never lack 15 naira notes in my life. My first 100 naira note I received. The first 200 naira note I received. The first 500 naira note I received in my life. The first 1,000 naira note that came into my hand that some I received like this. Immediately I said, no, this one is my first time I'm receiving this one. Time. And I went to church. I said, this is my first 1,000 naira note. I will always have more of it. Anything you always want to have more of, when you receive the first of it, you give it to God. You give it to God. It's a statement of faith. Somebody give you a car for the first time. It's your, aha, you see, I got your attention. This is your first time of receiving a car. And you look at the car. Ah! You can decide to pay the title of the car. But I say, go to the extra man. You can say, this is my first time I'm receiving a car gift. I will not drive it. Let me give it to the Lord. Now, you see, do you know what you have just fought? You have fought a mindset that this car was not given to me by accident. It is God that moved his heart to give it to me. And that same God will cause men more to give more and more to me. But if you don't have faith, you will say, ah, this car, give kidney. You know what you are saying? Do you know what you have just done? You are saying that it, it is by a coincidence that this car came. It is car miss road. It is not God. It is my effort that has brought it. So you see, to release it back to God will be very hard. Is somebody with me? Yes, oh yes, you can clap. You, you know, you just got your first salary in life. You started working. You got your first salary in life. That first salary belongs to God. It's your first salary. You must be able to look, just look at me now. It's been over. I know that 15 naira came now over 20 years. At least do not do over 15 years ago when they redesigned the 15 naira note. But I remember what I did with my first 15 naira. You did not remember what you did with it. I remember because I always waste all the new notes. When I get it, I remember what I did with it. What if I spent it on food and other things? Always say, oh no. You see, let me tell you one of, let me show you what the Lord says about first fruit. Ezekiel chapter 44 verse 30. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. Look at the blessing of first fruit. And the first of all the fruits of all things and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblation shall be the priest. You shall also give it unto the priest, the first of your due, that he may cause, this is the way I want you to get, that the Lord may cause the blessing to rest in your house. So when you give the first fruits, so it will cause the blessing to rest in your house. So you enter into the new year, you begin to plan for it. The reason why people have issue giving their first fruit is that by December, for instance, as they are receiving bonuses here, receiving money here, they don't think of first fruit, so they eat everything. So by January, to now give a first fruit, they say, oh, I want to divide this more. I will give first half. No! You get to the point at the beginning of the year, you lay the foundation of faith. Say that it will cause the blessing to rest upon your house. I see the blessing resting upon your house. Oh, I see the blessing resting upon your house. How will you survive? You say to yourself, it is God that giveth me power 
to get wealth. How will you survive? As you give your first fruit, you declare, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. How will you survive? You say to yourself, the young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that wait upon the Lord shall not lack any good thing. How will you survive when you give your first fruit? You declare, the Lord is causing his blessing to rest upon my life, to rest upon my household. I am abiding in blessing. Hallelujah. That's what I'm telling you. So you see, this December, everybody, they are spending their money anyhow. You are already planning. I can't spend anyhow because next month, January, I'm giving my first fruits. You are already planning it, managing your finances. This is well. Say, hey, I'm giving my first fruits. So you see, you see, that is how to be You plan ahead for it. You prepare your heart for it. Like a farmer, you, you, you till your ground for that harvest to come. Hallelujah. I want you to manage. You see, this is how God wants you to manage. He told them, you are my own people. The Egyptians, when they were in Egypt, he didn't give them all these commandments. But when they were entering the promised land, he said, this is how you will live your life. So that you will be more prosperous than the Egyptians. So that you will do better than the life you were living in Egypt. God wants you to live a better life. God wants you to do better. God wants you to excel. And I see you excelling. Hallelujah. The third thing you must give to God is your free will offering. Your free will offering. So the tithe is the one you set aside as holy so for instance now in the course of the year now maybe as you started your job they then increase your salary so maybe you were earning thirty thousand naira. then in the middle of the year then they increase your salary and they make it forty thousand naira. that is a new first fruit for you you see that's a new first fruit for you that forty thousand naira, you can decide no i'm just going to give the first fruit of the ten thousand naira. but i say to you give all because it's a new foundation for a higher eye. Haven't you seen that sometimes people go up and they come down? Because there is no sustenance, there is no foundation that is holding it. You know, a brother shared a testimony. So when he was entering into the year, he decided to give his first fruit. And he was going to get married. So when he gave his first fruit, then in February, then in April, I think he was going to, he was preparing for his wedding. He said, in April, the Lord asked him again, give all your income again. Ah, uh-uh. why? Normally, I should give the only one, the first one. The Lord said, give it again. So he did it. In May, he received another money. The Lord said again, give it all. I'm sure you will say, ah, uh-uh. Now, do you know something? The reason why most of us struggle with giving to God is because we don't ex- believe that we are sowing. Have you seen that when a farmer is putting a seed in the ground, does the farmer, co- is he afraid? No, is he afraid? That he says, as, as I'm planting um, this seed of uh, cassava tuba, as I'm planting this cassava tuba, hey, what will happen? How will I survive? He knows that every seed I'm planting there is another coming in six months' time. You see, when you don't focus on the harvest, you will become fearful when you are giving. Because it will be as if God is robbing you. 
God is wants to destroy your life. It is not given to God that will destroy your life. No. There is no one who honors God with his substance faithfully that is ever destroyed. So the brother then said, all of a sudden, he, uh, you know, at his working place, the managing director, he works for an oil and gas company. They then decided that there were about 12 of them, 13 of them, on the same level. Then the boss then decided to create a new position so that one out of those 13 will then add the remaining 12. So because of that, they decided that they were going to have a new set of interviews for the 13 of them. So, so they were in the oil field, they were at work one day, so the helicopter came and picked the remaining 12 and they left him behind for the interview. Alright, so when they got to the place of the interview, the interviewers, which now began to interview one after one after the other, began to interview these guys. And the guys, when they said, they see the, the thing they were asking, all of them began to say, that guy you left behind is the right person for this job. That guy you left behind is the right person. So the helicopter had to bring back the 12. And they came to pick him alone. And that was how he was promoted that year over the remaining 12. And I have to let you know that you must get to the point where you trust God absolutely when it comes to your finances. This Kalo Kalo gambling mind, this logical mind will not take you anywhere. You have to lay the foundation of faith in God. Start trusting God. So the free will offering is that which we decide on our own to give to God. Your tithe, God decides what you should give. Your first fruit, God decides what you give. But the free will is you deciding what you want to give to honor God. That's why it's called free will offering. Is somebody with me? Now, your free will offering must be consistent with the level of your blessing. So, for instance, as you are entering 2023, you ask yourself, how much have I been giving as an offering in 2022? Then you begin to say to yourself, I will not give the same amount again next year. No, it's not possible. You see, the reason why people are not faithful when it comes to their free will offering is because they think that they are doing God a favor. No, free will offering is you showing respect. Because now God is watching you. Now, when I'm giving a gift to you, the kind of gift I give to you shows how, how I perceive you and the level of respect I have for you. So if I look at you and I come to give you a pencil as a Christmas gift. No, I just say, hey, Christmas gift, take this pencil. Do you understand what I'm just saying to you? That I look at you and I say to you that you are, your level is what? A pencil. So you see, you must plan for your free will offering. You don't get to church on Sunday and begin to think, what would I give? As you are receiving your salary, you plan for your tithe. If it is the first of the year, you plan for your fr first fruit. As you are in having that increase, you plan for your first fruit. And you begin to say, how much am I going to give as an offering this year? Then you set it aside. You set it aside. Say, this year, my offering will not be less than so, so and so amount. You're, and as God blesses you in the same year, when you were earning 10,000 naira, maybe you were giving a certain amount. Now you are earning 30,000 naira and you are still giving that same offering. No, it's wrong. Your offering must reflect your current level of blessing. Is somebody with me? 
When you are in GSS 1, you are giving a silent offering. Now you are in SS 3, you should not give the same offering. Now that you are finished school, your offering should change. As God, as you get raised in life, you must be intentional in raising your offering. Why? Focus on the harvest. Look at what the Bible says. I will read some things, some scripture for you. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Is somebody still with me? Oh, is somebody with me? Is somebody being blessed this morning? 2 Corinthians, easy version of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Easy translation. It says, remember this. A farmer plants only a, f- a farmer plants only a few seeds. He will not get much as a result. If a farmer plants only a few seeds, he will not get much as a result. But if he plants plenty of seeds, he will get a big harvest. Give me TPT. The Passion Translation, you have it in your system. He says, here is my point. A stingy sower will reap mega harvests. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Is somebody with me? So if I, you say, there is something called a stingy giver. Oh, I can't give more than this 20 naira. But you, you enter into a fast food and you spend 2,000 naira on yourself. But when it comes to your offering, you are, the day you give 1,000 naira, it's like you have done God the highest favor. Now when the offering basket is coming by, you're already thinking, they want my money. They want my money. Don't you realize that even when you don't give, right? If you don't give at all, the house of God is still moving on without you. Have you ever seen anybody trying to help a trailer? Say, a trailer wants to fall. And a human being is going there and saying, I don't want this trailer to fall. No, the trailer will crush you. No man is big enough to help God. No. We don't give because we want to help God. We give so that we can be blessed more of him. It is not your money that will make the difference in the house of God. Don't get it wrong. Without you, things will still be done. Some of you. You realize that maybe when they make special calling for a particular thing, you don't give. You say, no, 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 no. They are starting from um, 100,000 right now. They will still come down to my level. They will come down. See, watch, watch, watch. They will come down. And the message of the truth says 100,000. Then it comes 50,000. They are still coming to 5,000. Watch, watch, watch. 5,000. See. Then after that, the message says 20,000. I don't tell you. They are still coming to. 5,000. Then the Bible says 10,000. Then 5,000. Oh, let me just. Do you know what the Bible is called that? The Bible calls that a grudging giver. Some will not even give at all and mock the whole thing. Now look at what the Bible says. He that soweth sparingly. Do you know why we change figures? It's not because we are playing game, but because we want both. We want to give people the opportunity to give bountifully. To give the very best. And everybody asks what is best for everybody differs based on their level. My level, what is best for me, what is a, an off, a best offering for me, may not be a best offering for you. So you see that we keep changing the figure so that everybody can have the body. Look at you. You, the, you think it's a game. So when they call 100,000 naira, even though you know that that is the level you can give, then you are saying, no, I will wait for 5,000 naira. You say, God said, no, this one is dishonoring me with his offering. This was what Cain did, that God rejected his offering. 
said, look at me. You have brought all this. Even though I said, no, you have not honored me. But Abel, Abel brought of the firstlings. You are, you know, and that is why you see that some people, when they are not happy, they don't give in church. Because they think that their money is doing God a favor. When the pastor is not nice, I will stop giving my tithes. Look at you. You are, you are the one depriving yourself. You see, it's because your giving is founded on emotion, not on the word of God. So do you know why? The day you feel happy, you give more. The day you feel sad, maybe the pastor preached a message you don't like or somebody offended you in church. What do you do? You give less. Listen, you are not doing God a favor. Your giving has no blessing because it's founded on emotion, not on the principle of the word of God. So the day now, maybe you are owing in your working place or your salary is not complete. You say, now nah, they didn't pay me my complete salary. So I will not give my tithe. But you know that your salary is a certain amount. So now you are now giving because they have made some deduction maybe or whatever in your workplace now. So you say, I'm going to give based on that deduction, not based on the actual thing. No, you are making, you don't give based. See, you must, even if you are any hundred thousand, maybe for whatever reason, whatever reason, that month they now give you 20,000 naira. But you know that it's because of maybe one or two things that has gone wrong. But your actual salary is still 100,000. When you earn that 20,000 naira, what do you do? You still give your 100,000 naira tithe. Why? Because it is not tied to circumstances. It is tied to the principle of the word of God. This is not going the way you want it to go. You said no. You say, I'm still going to be faithful. You know, sometimes people say, I don't have much. That's why I'm not paying my tithe. Because I'm owing this person. No! are getting it all wrong your giving should be founded on the word of god not on circumstances not on emotions is somebody with me there's how to manage your finances according to the word of god how many of you believe that god is blessing you oh god is increasing you i said god is increasing you i said god is increasing you and let's quickly end by reading the scripture second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 amplified classic Look at it. I like the way he puts it. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 said, Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. In other words, when people want to give to you, they look at you and say, This boy, why should we give to him? Um, because he's a grudging giver. So all his harvest will come grudgingly. He will always struggle to get. It's not that he's not getting things, but it will not, people will not give to him with joy. Why? Because he's a grudging giver. And he's a sparing giver. He does not believe in giving big things to God. He only believes in giving crumbs. Crumbs, the one that is so easy and convenient. So there's something called sparing giver. And what? Grudging giver. If I say I make I no give now. If I say I should not give now. They will say maybe I'm a bad person. The way everybody is coming now. If I say I should not come out now. Whatever anybody like, let them say. I'm not giving. No. Eventually maybe you then say you will give. No. No. Don't you realize that the work still gets done without you? It gets done without you. Because you are not God. There is only one God. And he's the one that provides for all our needs. Is somebody with me? Look at verse 7 now. Let's quickly go because we need to close now. Verse 7. Is somebody still with me? Okay, good. So, let each... So, let's start. Let's go back again. That blessing may come someone... We, then let each one give as he made up his mind. And propose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, or under compulsion. For God loves; He take pleasure in 
it takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is willing to and is willing to abandon or to do without so and is not willing to abandon or to do without a cheerful joyous prompt to do it giver so there is a cheerful joyous prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving and god look at it now is able to make all grace this is financial prosperity all grace every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance this is your testimony he said god is making is able to make it come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances whether things are good or bad in the country whether the inflation is high or low he said under all circumstances whatever they need be to be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good and charitable donation as it is written he the benevolent person scatters abroad he gives to the poor his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will will go on and endure forever oh i see this grace i see this grace working in your life but i say god is able to make sure you lack nothing i want you to believe in that blessing i want you to believe in the grace of god that multiplies i want you to say to yourself i am blessed beyond measure so when you are giving that offering tell you that offering when you say what will i eat tomorrow you say god is able to make all grace i said god is able to make all grace god is able to make all grace abounds to me hallelujah say with me i will manage my finances god's way say last i will manage my finances god's way stand to your feet everywhere put your end together for the lord managing your finances god's way god's wisdom for financial management hallelujah lift your voice and just bless the lord this morning lift your voice and say father i thank you for your word i thank you because there is prosperity in your kingdom i am prosperous thank you for your wisdom for prosperity lift your voice everywhere and just bless the name of the lord just bless the name of the lord glory be to god glory be to god thank you Lift your voice this morning and just bless the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I just feel in my spirit as we're praying that some of us need to repent because you have not trusted God enough in your finances. When things become so, when you have a lot of challenge, you became unfaithful. So now, you eat even that which is holy. You don't honor the Lord anymore with your finances. You don't even, say, you don't have a tight system. You don't separate time. Your offering is like a beggarly thing you do for the Lord. I want you to talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, I repent. In any way, I've not been honoring you with my insistence. In any way, I've not been managing my finances according to your way. In every way that I've not trusted you, trusted your system. I've been operating the principle of the world. 
and not kingdom principle my father have mercy on me go ahead and talk to the lord this morning go ahead and talk to the lord so lord be merciful lord be merciful in every way that i've not been honoring with my finances with my substance in any way i've been unfaithful managing my finances according to the principles of the world and not according to god's principle not according to your word not according to your labor I'm, i am sorry father god i repent today i turn to you oh father i turn to you lord i repent be merciful unto me father god in the name of jesus oh precious father have mercy have mercy have mercy in the name of jesus have mercy as i turn to you in full repentance oh let the rain in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus thank you father thank you father i believe your word in jesus name we pray amen now the bible said that god gives grace to the sower i want you to pray say father I receive, grace I receive grace to manage my finances, to manage my finances according, to your principle. according to your principle. I receive grace, I receive grace to, walk to walk in the financial wisdom, financial wisdom of heaven. So I receive grace, I receive grace to, begin to, to begin to practice financial management, financial management according to God's principle, according to, your principle. According to God's way. Lift your voice and receive that grace. Claim that grace for yourself. I claim that grace. I receive the Grace to begin to walk in God's principles of financial management. I receive grace. I receive grace to obey the word of God. I receive grace to walk in kingdom principles of financial management in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, because you are making all grace abound to us, to have sufficiency in all things in the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Father God. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. We bless your name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, before we close the service, maybe you joined online. You do not even have a relationship with Jesus. He's not the Lord of your life. If he's not the Lord of your life, how can he be the Lord of your finances? How can he be Lord over your finances? Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to take over your life. So wherever you are this morning, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I don't like the way I'm living my life. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him to take over. I want to take control of my life. Wherever you, you are this morning, I just want to lift your hands and place your right hand on your chest and say these words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I repent from my sinful ways. I repent from every wayward ways I've been living my life. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn to you. I open the door of my heart. Please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. Say from today, Jesus is my Lord, the Lord over every aspect of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul in Jesus' name. Dear Father God, I thank you for all those words online and in person. 
as men who have prayed this prayer from the depth of their heart, I pray for them that they will be rooted and established in your kingdom. I pray that today marks a new beginning in your life. I pray that you'll be more closer and be more intimate with the Lord. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Somebody shout a louder, Amen. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, let me just see your hand. You pray that prayer from the depth of your heart. God bless you. I see one hand there. Oh, I want you to know that God has begun a good work in your life. Those of you who are joining on live, uh, uh, online, I also want you to fill this, the, the link or scan the QR code because we want to be part of your salvation experience. We want to help you grow and become a strong Christian. The Lord bless you and enrich you greatly in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those who have joined online and who are here in person. Oh, I declare from today, receive fresh grace to walk in financial prosperity. Amen. The wisdom of God for you to manage your finances in line with His word. Receive that wisdom today receive in it. the name of Jesus. Receive I declare it. no one going through any form of financial struggle. You are coming out Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anyone struggling financially, the Lord puts an end to financial struggle in your life. Receive the miracle of supernatural provision it. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare that every seed you have eaten that you could have sown, the Lord is showing you mercy. Amen. He's putting fresh seed in your hand. Receive the grace of multiplication in Jesus' precious name. Now I declare as you go into this week, the Lord is increasing you. The Lord is enlarging your coast. You will be at the right place at the right time. Amen. You will not beg for bread. All your needs are met. I declare over you this week, you will not be stranded. Amen. Oh, you will not be stranded. Amen. Help will arise for you. Amen. Circumstances will favor you. Amen. Situations will favor you. Amen. Men will favor you. Amen. All things are working in your favor. Amen. This is your week of favor. Amen. You will not be disappointed. Amen. You will not know shame. Amen. Your enemies are being beaten down before you. You will triumph over your enemies. From glory to glory. This is your testimony. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Somebody shout if I arise. Amen. Amen. Say, This is my week of favor. This is my week of favor. Put those hands together for the Lord. 